Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashoms in Johannesburg, South Africa, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we speak to Paul Putt, the Belgian coach who took Burkina Faso to the final of the 2013 Africa Cup of Nations. He's currently with USM Alger in Algeria's Premier League, where he says things are not easy. So here in uh, Algeria, you face a lot of uh, people with a lot of uh, pressure on the team. Also, we talk about Zambia's disappointing quarter-final exit at the Under-20 FIFA World Cup. And we have your comments on Arsene Wenger's decision to stay on as Arsenal manager. Also, Stuart highlights some of the disappointing African players in the recently ended English Premier League. But uh, first, it was a sad week for African football with the death of Ivory Coast midfielder Sheikh Tiate on Monday. Tiote collapsed and died during training at his Chinese club, Beijing Enterprises. Before that, he had a long spell at Newcastle United in the English Premier League, where he became a well-known name. Well, Stuart, these tragedies seem to happen now and then, and it seems that little can be done. Yes, indeed. And obviously a player who was very well liked from the tributes that have been made so far. And of course, always tragic when someone loses their life uh, at that age. And sadly, it seems to be a growing trend because if we look back over the years, I mean, probably the most well-known would be Mark Vivian Foy, the Cameroon midfield player who collapsed during a Confederations Cup game in 2003. But then there's also Samuel Okuraji, who died while playing for the Super Eagles against Angola in 89. A Tunisian, Hedi Berkisa, collapsed while playing for Esperance. And Zambia's Chelsea Ensoa died in 2007, playing in a game in Israel. Patrick Ngeng, playing for Dinamo Bucharest in Romania last year. And this year, the Gabon defender Moise Brew Apanga suffered a heart attack while training. And, of course, in England, we tend to think particularly about Fabrice Muamba, whose heart stopped while playing for Bolton against Tottenham. And while he recovered, uh, he was unable to play football again. And, of course, another legend of African and Premier League football, Nwanko Kanu, had his career halted for nine months while doctors decided whether his heart defect was life-threatening or not, and he was able to play on after this. And, I mean, I think it just seems to be that certain individuals in our society have a heart defect, and in a way, no matter what career they followed, they would have been at risk. It does seem remarkable, given the level of medical scrutiny that all professional footballs are under these days, uh, that it keeps happening. But I suppose we're all human. But speaking from the UK, Teoti is a very well-known player, having spent seven years at Newcastle United. And ironically, he only scored one goal in his 139 league appearances for Newcastle. But that is a goal which will never be forgotten at Newcastle because Newcastle were playing Arsenal. They were 4-0 down. 
There were 22 minutes left, and Newcastle finished the game 4-4, and Teoti scored in the 87th minute to make it 4-4. You know, Steve, if you're only going to score one goal for your club, what better moment to pick it than three minutes from the end of a game where you'd been losing 4-0 and you come back to draw. And now, from Newcastle, for example, Alan Shearer, their legendary centre-forward, described his death as devastating. Tim Krull, the Dutch goalkeeper, said he was one of my favourite teammates. Papa Sisi, who also played in China, said that his brother had gone too soon. And Manchester United tweeted, everyone at our club is saddened to learn of the tragic death of Czech Teoti. Our thoughts are with his family and friends. You know that another club should make that comment as a real indication of how highly he was thought of. And just finally to quote the current Newcastle boss, Rafael Benitez, who said, it's with great sadness that I have learned of Czech's death. In all the time I've known him, he was a true professional, dedicated, and above all, a great man. Our hearts go out to his family and friends. It's such a sad time. You know, Steve, I think sometimes on this program, we see football almost as a matter of life and death. Who's going to be relegated? uh, Who's going to get a new contract? And in a way, an incident like this somehow puts it all in perspective. And who won a particular match somehow seems of a lot less importance when we contemplate the untimely death of such a great and popular player and person as Czech Teoti. Well, thanks, Stuart. And yes, at least these tragedies can help us to keep the right perspective on life. Our condolences to family and friends of Sheikh Teoti. And on WhatsApp, Sarane Mane in The Gambia says it's another loss for African football, a great loss for Africa and the world at large. Well, on to matters on the field of play now and the qualifiers for the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations begin this weekend, coming just four months after the end of the 2017 finals in Gabon. There will be a long break until the second round of group qualifiers. They'll be nine months away in March 2018. Only the group winners qualify automatically, so it is critical to make a good start. Here in Harare, Zimbabwe play Liberia. Uh, The Group E clash between Nigeria and South Africa in Uyo is the pick of the fixtures. We'll be talking about the games on the show next week. Well, the African interest has ended in the under-20 FIFA World Cup with no team from the continent making it to the semi-finals as Zambia's hopes ended with a 3-2 extra-time defeat to Italy in a thriller of a quarter-final on Monday. Now, Ghana won the tournament in 2009 and finished third in 2013 and at the last edition we had two African teams reaching the semi-finals. Uh, that was Mali and Senegal. Uh, so, Solomon, disappointing that no team reached the semi-finals this time around. Yes, Steve, it is indeed uh, very, very disappointing that we don't have any team from Africa in the semi-finals. Is this a reflection of the state of youth football in Africa? Maybe. Uh, is this a reflection of uh, football development in Africa? Maybe. It is really, really sad. I had my money on Zambia, I must be honest, Steve. I thought Zambia was going to be able to go through against Italy. 
But um, in spite of the way that they played, you know, uh, they couldn't get through to the semifinals. And I think one of the major reasons is if you look at the last two games, the last two games they played, that is against Germany and Italy, they conceded six goals. And and there's no way you're going to be able to progress and make a statement in the championship when you just keep conceding goals and goals and goals. And disappointingly for me also is South Africa, who came in and played three games and only picked one point from one draw. Uh, you know, I feel that was very disappointing. Quite a couple of players playing in Europe and also some local base uh, talents for South Africa. But together, they couldn't just take South Africa anywhere. So it is really, really uh, disappointing for me to uh, you know, see South Africa perform that way. Yeah, sure. Well, thanks, Solomon, and stay with us. Uh, Next up on Planet Sport, Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, our interview with Paul Putt, the Belgian who has coached the Gambia, Burkina Faso, and Jordan at national team level and is now the coach of USM Alger in Algeria. Now, Putt famously took Burkina Faso to the final of the 2013 Africa Cup of Nations. Some great results along the way and losing to Nigeria in the final. His current club, USM Alger, are in the CAF Champions League, a second in their group at the moment, and they play some fast, attractive football. And we're here in Zimbabwe recently where they lost 2-1 to Caps United. Well, my colleague Simba Chiminya spoke to Put and asked how it is coaching in the Algerian Premier League, which is always a fiercely fought league. It's very uh, different. It's uh, very uh, hard. It's very stressful. Um, the teams are very close to each other. There's a lot of pressure of the public. Uh, I think it's different. You know, uh, with the national team, you also have a lot of pressure, of course, in uh, in Africa. But uh, with the local teams, it's less. So here in uh, Algeria, you face a lot of uh, people with a lot of uh, pressure on the team. But uh, you've uh, also coached in those countries. But what is the reflection of uh, football in Africa after you came? You coached in Gambia, you coached in Burkina Faso, now in Algeria. Yes, I, I like and I love uh, African players. Uh, also, when I was in Belgium, I worked with a lot of African players. Before I went uh, to Guinea, Gambia, and uh, Burkina Faso. So uh, I lost my heart uh, in Africa. I like to to work in Africa so it's, it's different also the people is different uh, with Algeria but now I'm working and I'm concentrated fully uh, on the football in Algeria like I said it's a different kind of football but uh, my heart is uh, still in, uh, in Africa looking at the in terms of uh, development of African football all the years that you've been here in Africa what can you say about it Yes, I know it's uh, always a problem about uh, basic uh, formation, but it's the same in uh, Algeria. There's also uh, not a lot of uh, basic. So uh, that's uh, a problem in all Africa football. Uh, unfortunately, the players are not formed uh, technically from a young age. So uh, there, uh, everybody has to work on it in all Africa to get the players uh, technically more prepared, uh, more uh, 
uh, in basic form. And then there are perceptions of, of, of African football when you were in Europe, but when we came to Africa, what are the things that uh, you can say were perceptions, but when you came to Africa, you saw them as reality? Yes, uh, you have very good uh, talent uh, players in, in Africa who can make it. They prove it uh, as well in every league uh, in Europe. You find the African players, so that means the talent is there. So uh, you have to develop the talent and you have to develop uh, the basic players. That's Paul Putt, the Belgian who's coached the Gambia, Burkina Faso and Jordan at national team level and is now coaching USM Alger at club level, talking there to Simba Chiminya. Well, Solomon, no doubt uh, Paul Putt showed that he's a great coach by taking Burkina Faso to the Nations Cup final in 2013, losing out to Nigeria in that final. Yes, I must say, Steve, uh, credit must go to Paul Put. You know, the Belgian came in uh, from a very difficult life in Belgium where he was uh, banned for a couple of uh, years uh, from coaching. And he came in into Africa and in coached a number of teams and also Burkina Faso where he really made his mark, uh, taking them to the final against Nigeria in 2013 in Johannesburg where they lost to Nigeria. They were, for me, the team of the tournament in as much as Nigeria won uh, the AFCON, it was uh, Burkina Faso that really attracted a lot of uh, new football fans uh, through the way that they played, uh, through some of their players like Jonathan Petroipe and played well, got to the uh, you know, semi-final and against Ghana in the semi-final, the Black Stars, I felt that was where, you know, Burkina Faso did well and the coach was able to uh, put together a team of unknown players and, and being able to defeat Ghana, whom everybody thought they were going to get into the final. And uh, for them to get into the final of uh, AFCON 2013, uh, though losing to Nigeria, but they really gave Nigeria a run for their money and they recruited a lot of football fans, I must tell you, in South Africa, a lot of football fans now follow uh, Burkina Burkina Faso players and Burkina Faso national team uh, because of the performance that they showed uh, last time around when they came in. So he he, he is sure that he is a great coach. Uh, players who don't who haven't made a name for themselves, put them together, look at their strengths and say, look, how do we put together a team that is going to be strong? And that was exactly what they did. And I'm really glad that uh, he was able to show that because that's the way to go and discover new players and also uh, give a a nation, you know, uh, something to talk about, you know, something to be proud of and get into the final of the AFCON 2013 was definitely a turning point for, uh, you know, Burkina Faso football. Yes, Paul Putt certainly doing great things when he was coach of the Burkina Faso national team. And great memories. Remember us sitting together in the stadium of Solomon watching the final of the 2013 Nations Cup with Nigeria beating Burkina Faso. Well, thank you, Solomon. This is Planet Sport Football Africa brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Then you can listen to the show anytime on the app and access past programs too in our archive. You can also listen to the show on our website, planetsportfootballafrica.com and our Twitter handle is at planetsportfa. And now we turn to social media. In last week's show, we asked if you think that Arsene Wenger is right to stay on at Arsenal. After months of speculation, Wenger and the Arsenal management decided that the 67-year-old Frenchman should stay on as Ghana's manager for another two years. 
So we asked, is this the best thing for the club? Well, this has really caught your interest and we had another huge response. So apologies if we're not able to read out your comment on the show this week. Let's start with a voice note from Sambu One in the Gambia. He's not happy at all. I think it's not a good idea for Wenger to stay in Arsenal. Because the title of humiliation Wenger received this year in the Champions League, the Premier League, he has never received it before. So... Based on me alone, Wenger should not stay in Asman. Because it's a very, very big humiliation. And looking at the calibre of uh, manager that Wenger is, humiliated like this in the history of football, no, it's not a, very, it's not a good decision for him to stay. I suggest he should have leave and go to another club and let Arsenal look for somebody. Because they will never know whether next manager will take them to a better position when Wenger left. So keeping him for another next two seasons is going to be a very serious downfall to Arsenal. Uh, thanks for that to Sambu One. On Facebook, Modu Drame in the Gambia says uh, he should not have stayed. There is a saying in my local dialect that if a bird overstays on top of a tree, it is inviting stones. The FA Cup victory was the best time to call time, says Modu. Uh, thanks for that and uh, thanks for the proverb too. Uh, to what's up, and in Sierra Leone, Jesse Rando says, I'm a Manchester United fan, but in my opinion, I think Wenger is lost of ideas. I think he should give way for a new manager to come in and give the fans what they need. Also in Sierra Leone, Desmond Tunde Koka agrees, saying, I don't think he should have stayed at the club, simply because he's already lost the trust of the fans and of some of the players. Modu Pabi Baji in the Gambia agrees too, saying though the Arsenal management has decided Wenger should stay at the club, he should not be given an extension because a lot of fans are fed up with him. All good things must come to an end, so Wenger should be out, says Modu. To Ghana and Abekul Andofel says, no, it is not the right thing for the club. Wenger must leave. Arsenal haven't won the Premier League for the last decade and the management needs to spend more on players to win titles and trophies. Donald is in Cameroon. Donald says, personally, I think Arsenal has made another mistake by allowing Wenger to continue at the club. He lacks the charisma needed to galvanise his squad. And Modu G.J. Colley in the Gambia is disgusted by the decision to give Wenger another two-year contract. It's the worst decision that the Arsenal management has ever made, says Modu. I cannot continue supporting Arsenal under Arsene Wenger. As from now, I'm a Newcastle United fan. Oh, well, strong words there. And a dowered scene Chelsea Cisse in the Gambia says Wenger no longer possesses the qualities of a good manager. The best thing for him is to join the Arsenal board, where he has the qualities of bringing up young players and selling them. Let him retire, because if not, he'll make things worse for himself and the club. Uh, to another voice note now, here's Lamine Sane in the Gambia, who takes a very respectful view. Wenger has done very well for Arsenal Football Club. Although every manager has a time at a club, if the club needs your service, you need to stay. But if the club doesn't need your service anymore, I think the best thing is for you to leave the club and go and look for other clubs to run their affairs. But all the same, Wenger is a legend in Arsenal because imagine keeping the club for 20 good years in the Champions League sport, in the Premier League, it's not an easy job. 
First of all, the fans are very grateful to Wenger and they are very patient to him. If the club needs him, he needs to stay. But if the fans want him to go, I think it's very simple. Let him just go. Arsenal cannot forget Wenger. Thanks, Lamine. Uh, now, Robertson in Cameroon is one of those in favour of Wenger's decision to stay on. I think letting Wenger stay at Arsenal is a very good thing, says Robertson. The owners of the club know what he's done for the team and how he's built the team. I say they did a good thing to leave him in charge for another two years. Bobby Brown in the Gambia agrees, saying yes, Wenger should stay. And I believe that this coming season they will win the English title, says Bobby. Khalifa Sanyang in China goes further. He's definitely the right man to move Arsenal forward, says Khalifa. He needs the backing of the fans and the players now more than ever. And if he gets his transfer targets right, they can challenge for every title next season. Arsenal made the right decision in keeping him there. And Samana Darbo in the Gambia is very positive. From my own perspective, says Ansamana, he should stay because he has tried so much for the club. Sometimes the underperformance of a club is not because of the manager, but because of the players. And Alfred Mdimba in Malawi agrees. Sure, this man has been so influential to the Gunners, he has to stay there for two more years, says Alfred. Ansamana Sonko in the Gambia is in no doubt that Arsenal have made the right decision. Of course he deserves it, says Ansamana, because the records show that he has been consistent in qualifying for the Champions League despite not winning many trophies. And when you look at the FA Cup, Arsenal are the record holders and he's played his part in that too. And that's why I said he deserves the chance again at Arsenal. But Al-Haji Saidi Khan, also in the Gambia, takes a more cautious view. Maybe in one way it's a good thing because he's making the club earn more money without even winning a major trophy. But they really need a manager that will make them look like Real Madrid, says Al-Haji. And finally, Saini Kanyi in the Gambia says, Thanks for your great work on the show. Well, thank you very much for that, Saini. And he continues saying, I hope to see another African player one day winning the World Player of the Year after George Weah did it and an African nation lifting the World Cup one day. And I'm also happy that Yaya Toure has extended his stay with Manchester City for another season. Well, thanks for that, Saini. And thanks for all of those comments. Again, sorry if we didn't get to read yours out. Well, this week on Facebook and on WhatsApp, we're asking, did Africa perform well enough at the Under-20 World Cup? The Zambia team returned home to a hero's welcome after reaching the quarterfinals of the FIFA Under-20 World Cup, where they lost out narrowly to Italy. But they were the only African team to reach the quarterfinals this time. Ghana won it in 2009 and finished third in 2013. And at the last edition in 2015, Mali and Senegal both reached the semi-finals. So did Africa do well enough this time around? Go to our Facebook page and post a comment there. That's Planet Sport Football Africa. Or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Well, let's talk about the English Premier League now and continue our review of the recently ended season with Stuart Weir. Last week, Stuart gave us his top 10 African players of the season. This week, he looks at those who had rather disappointing seasons. 
Yes, I mean, sometimes circumstances mean that a player doesn't have the season they were hoping for, and sometimes perhaps they didn't do enough. And I'm not making any judgments on most of these players, but just noting that perhaps it hasn't gone as well as it might have done. Let's start with Kelechi Ihanacho, the Nigerian at Manchester City, who only got five starts in the Premier League this year, which is a lot less than he got the previous year. But, you know, we've said time and time again that it's so difficult for a young player to break into a top Premier League club. You know, Manchester City have a squad of probably 25 players, possibly even more than that. And, you know, it is so hard for a player to break in. And I think Ihanacho has done well and will just have to be patient. Max Gradel from Cote d'Ivoire at Bournemouth got 11 starts last season, but didn't get any at all this year. So things have not gone well for him. Similarly, Andre Ayew, the Ghanaian, who last season played 34 games and scored 12 goals for Swansea. You know, he's found West Ham a bit difficult. He's only had about half that games and only scored half that number of goals. And of course, it hasn't been a great season for West Ham. So, you know, again, whether you play, whether you score is often determined by how people are playing alongside you. Now, Leicester, I think, have had three Africans who've been disappointing. Riyad Mahrez, world-class player, last season scored 17 goals, only six this year. Now, we've talked a lot about this over the year. You know, Leicester have struggled all season. Is Mahrez less motivated? Is he just getting less support from the players around them? Who knows? In the transfer window, uh, Leicester signed Mola Wege from Mali, from Udinese in Italy, and he's yet to make an appearance. So that has been a very disappointing signing. Similarly, Ahmed Musa from Nigeria, who signed from CSKA Moscow last summer, has only had seven starts and hasn't really made a great impact. Another player with a difficult season is Wilfred Bonney. Remember how he scored 25 goals in 54 games at Swansea? But since that, he struggled. He went to Manchester City, couldn't get in the first team. And this season, on loan at Stoke from Manchester City, only got nine starts in the Premier League and only two goals. So, you know, sometimes a player may be better to stay with the club that he's at, Swansea, rather than signing for the big club, hoping it's going to work out, when realistically getting in the first team is always going to be a real struggle. Yes, it was disappointing this season for Wilfred Barney. Many of us thought that he would do well at Stoke City. Uh, what about the star Gambian winger Modu Barrow Stewart? Uh, he's still on the books of Swansea. He got 12 starts under Bob Bradley. That's the best, really, run he's ever had. Bradley got fired, and Paul Clement doesn't seem to rate him. He goes on loan to Leeds and only gets one start there. And I think now that Leeds have had a change of manager, Barrow is back at Swansea and is either looking to stay there or to get a move somewhere else. So a difficult time for him at the moment. Jordan Ayew, playing at Aston Villa, got 17 games. But then when he went to Swansea, only nine starts and only one goal. And again, it perhaps didn't make the impact at Swansea that he would hope to. We've mentioned several times on the programme Odeon Agallo, who had a sensational two seasons at Watford, but then this season struggled to get in the team, only got one goal, and in the transfer window went off to play in China. We featured Isaac Success on the programme, the Nigerian who came from Granada in Spain, 
But, you know, he'd only played 47 games for Granada, not one of the top teams in Spain. And I think he'd just take a while to break into the Watford team. And, of course, yet again, a change of manager there will not help him. But he's only had two starts, but has come off the bench 17 times. So that, again, I think is what a young player often has to accept, although frustrating, it must be for him. And finally, just let's look at Middlesbrough, one of the relegated teams. And during the course of the season, they signed Arden Guidiora, Algerian player from Watford, but he never got a start for Middlesbrough. Five times off the bench, but no starts. And similarly, Rudy Gestedi, the Benning player who left Aston Villa in the transfer window, Villa having been relegated, and, you know, he got eight games at Villa, but only four starts at Middlesbrough, comes off the bench 12 times. So, again, in a struggling Middlesbrough team fighting relegation, I think you said he would have been disappointed not to have got more playing time. But, you know, again, it's just the difficulty with large squads in the Premier League. Yes. So Rudy Gestede among those who didn't have the best of seasons. Thanks a lot, Stuart. That's it for this week. We do wish your team all the best if they're playing in the Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers this weekend. And on Facebook and WhatsApp, we're asking, did Africa perform well enough at the Under-20 World Cup? Only Zambia reached the quarterfinals this time, but if you look back uh, to the previous edition, Mali and Senegal both got to the semi-finals, and Ghana won it back in 2009. So was that satisfactory or unsatisfactory for Africa at the Under-20 FIFA World Cup? Go to our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa. Or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. From E. Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in South Africa, and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.